The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. everybody how's everybody doing uh we have a really really fun round table discussion for you all today i'm so excited i hope you all like it now you know dainty thug started off as um a a media project for you know a lot of nerd and a lot of commentary on black culture and everything like that and there are some things that I fangirl about you know like I fangirl about Star Trek Ninja Turtles some Marvel stuff and I can go on a rant and go on and on about stuff that I like stuff that I don't like or stuff that I'm really open to So, I have a special treat for you all today. Today, we're going to have a roundtable discussion with my favorite people from My Superheroes of Black. And we're going to talk about Steven Universe. We're going to address the controversy with Rebecca Sugar. We're going to talk about the impact and the representation of the characters. And we're just going to have an open, honest discussion about what we love about Steven Universe what we hope to see in the future and about the movie that's going to be coming out soon, right? So we know that there's a movie coming out, um, a musical that is going to be premiering soon and maybe another week or so. And I'm excited. I know I love the theme song with Estelle. You know, Steven Universe really boosts her career, you know, she came up like that 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 she secured a bag with steven universe like for real for real and i love her voice i love the voice um i love her voice and i am so happy that the musical is coming it's supposed to be commercial free and there were some teasers about it at san diego comic-con so we are here and we're going to talk about it. So if you are a Steven Universe fan, if you are curious about Steven Universe, or like myself, a casual fan who watches it when they can, but is not caught up in the slightest, but you still want to hear a conversation, stay tuned. It is a very interesting conversation with several members and we are just, you know, talking about Steven Universe. Um, We're going to continue some roundtable discussions. I actually love it. Um, I'm glad it was brought to the podcast. And, you know, I like having conversations with people about, you know, different opinions about fandoms and things like that. So stay tuned. And after this quick break, we'll jump right into it and you can hear everything, you know, the whole conversation. So hope you guys are feeling well. Hope you enjoy the conversation and I'll be talking to y'all again. Bye. Hey, 
everybody. Welcome to this week. My superheroes are Black Sands and Roundtable. And this time we're going to talk about Steven Universe. I know some of you all are fans. Some of you all want to be fans. Some of you all, like myself, are casual fans. And, you know, we just watch it when we get a chance to. But we're going to have a whole discussion about Steven Universe, you know, how it started, where it is now, the fandom of it, and why so many people are, like, resonating with Steven Universe. So today we have Brooks. Hey, Brooks. What up? We have Brittany, and we have Mel. Say hey, y'all. Hey. Yo. All right, so let's start off. Um, You know, anybody can answer, you know, whatever. Just what was the first, what made you start watching Steven Universe? That's for anybody. Uh, I wasn't Oh, sorry, but um, I was in college and everyone around me was watching because that's what large groups nerds do. And I was just like, I should watch this. It looks entertaining. This was around the time of like the, I guess it was the first time like in the season two. So like all the jailbreak, execution stuff. And then when I decided to watch, so I think I came in at a pretty solid time because it wasn't entirely too much. But yeah, I watched it then and then decided I was hooked. It was my favorite thing ever. Yeah, I um, I started I started dating someone a while back, and like very early on in the process, she was like, "You have to watch Steven Universe, like the best thing ever." And I just kind of was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, you know, whatever." You know, I was trying to impress her, so I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, of course you can watch Steven Universe, cool." So you know, I kind of watched a couple episodes. I thought it was cool. I kind of didn't like it. Didn't grab me at first. Like, I, I understood why people liked it, but it, like, it didn't grab me. Then I think, like, a couple months went by, and I actually, like, just sat down one day and was like, you know what, I, I haven't watched this show in a while. Let me actually, like, actually watch it and actually, like, check it out. And I was hooked ever since. And I think I binged, every, I binged like, the first four seasons in, like, a couple days. And I've been hooked ever since. Okay. What about you, Mel? Um, wow, I don't remember when I started watching it. It kind of just feels like it's been part of my life forever. <laughs> um, I feel like when it first came out, I just saw, like, a commercial, and I was like, wow, this, this seems really interesting. Uh, and the first couple episodes did not catch my attention. Um, it's, it's a little uh, silly, I guess you could say, in the beginning, and there's not much of a storyline at first. Um so I was like, oh, this is pretty weird. But I kept watching it because he was cute. And then the story developed, and I realized how much I loved it and kept telling friends about it and meeting other fans. And then I started cosplaying from it, and I just kind of fell in love with the show. What was the first character you can say you resonated with quickly that became your favorite character? Oh, I can answer that really quick. That's Amethyst. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yep. laughs> Definitely Amethyst. I feel like, um, like for me, I'm, I'm short and I'm kind of thicker 
and I'm messy and, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit insecure at times. So I feel like all of those characteristics that Amethyst, like, holds, like, it really resonated with me. And I was like, wow, this is, like, a real character of, like, real people's feelings. And I just, I really appreciated that they were able to, like, exemplify what it is that people feel in the character in a kid's show. And I just, I love Amethyst. She's so fun and she's very emotional. And I love that. Yeah, I think that's what attracted me to, to, to Amethyst too. Amethyst was the first one that I really liked was because she was so eccentric. She was just full of personality. Like I think in those early couple episodes, like Pearl and Garnet seemed kind of stoic in a sense. Like they were very parent-like. And I think like, you know, I'm pretty child. I consider myself pretty childlike and and whatnot. And so Amethyst, because she was, uh, she she related to Stephen so well. I think she always she she just jumped out, jumped off the screen for me. What about you, um, Brittany? I think mine was actually Stephen. I think it was the birthday episode that really got me. Because I always kind of feel like I'm the one who's, like, super immature compared to the people I'm around. I'd be the mm-hmm. same age, but I'm like, I'm really into my birthday. Well, everyone's going to give me presents, right? And then I was, like, basically turned into a four-year-old. And I'm just like, why are you like this? This is not important. Why are you? And like, but it's fun. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of things that aren't fun. It's like, things should be fun. We're not on the planet for <laughs> long enough to do things that make us miserable. So I just really relate to Stephen making everything fun and entertaining, even though he's, like, 14 and not supposed to care. All right. You know, one of my favorite characters, it's going to sound really weird, but Steve's dad. I really like his dad (laughs) for some reason. Like, I feel like he's, like, annoyingly optimistic and, like, you know, he's, like, so free-spirited and, and, and just, like, open and free. Like, every time, like, Steven's dad is on or I see him, I see, like, a bunch of, like, rainbows and stars, kind of like Steven, but, like, like an adult version. So I really like Steven's dad. Yeah, Greg is awesome. And, and, and honestly, I think with, the thing I love most about Greg is the fact that he's so, he's so supportive of Steven, even though he doesn't completely understand, like, his gym half or really anything relating to the gems and homeworld and everything going on with Rose. But he's, he, you know, he shows a, a confidence in Steven that, you know, is, is really awesome to see, you know, with uh, parent-child relationships on shows. Now, jumping a little bit back, um, you know, there was a little controversy surrounding Steven Universe with, like, racial coding and um, things of that nature. What do you what do you all think of how that was handled? Well, this is actually a couple. This is actually a few questions and one question. How do you think it was handled? Do you feel that the controversy was uh, was a was a proper call out? And do you think the issues have been resolved? I have mixed feelings on the controversy. Okay. Just thinking about, like, the sardonic arc. 
because a lot of people were really, really angry that Sardonyx was, like, proper in comparison to Garnet as the light-skinned person, and Garnet's darker and sexy and just problematic. Okay. And, like, I understand that. It's true. But also, Sardonyx is a flawed character. Like, really, really, really flawed. And I don't think it was doing justice to the fact that, like, Sardonyx is a fusion and a mixture of personalities that is inherently flawed and unstable. And if Sardonyx were to come back, it, like, would not be anywhere near the same character just based on how much Carl and Garnet have grown. So it's like, maybe we should talk about the, like, whole thing that this is an embodiment of a relationship and a really bad one at that. Okay. And not just say, this is a character and then you did a thing. Because it just makes it dicey because there's only so much you can do when you're, like, trying to fuse Pearl and Garnet to make something. And I do think things have improved. Just Garnet's a lot better, partially because they've actually fleshed out Ruby and Sapphire as full-fledged characters on their own, in addition to Garnet being a full-fledged character. And Garnet... The only thing I really saw around Garnet was the fact that Garnet was stoic and like the strong black lemon trope and didn't have feelings. And Garnet talks a lot more now and actually has a lot of feelings all the time and openly expresses them and isn't just like the team leader who does things now. And I'm not sure that's because Pearl has grown a lot to the point where she's taking over and Amethyst has matured or just because Garnet's stepping back. But things have gotten better. Not sure what it's in response to, but that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of feel like the the whole thing with Sardonics, like, yeah, I I think that that's a little little bit of a complicated character because yes, it is that dynamic of like a toxic relationship, and I feel like that coding of her being a black woman does kind of give off this, like, angry black woman kind of feel. So when I first saw her character, I was a little bit annoyed at that. Um, But at the same time, I think it works for the story, and I think that they're trying to show progress in the character and just show, you know, as, as you were saying, the different, the relationship between the two and how they become one. So I think I think it's a really complicated um, issue, and it is it is unfortunate that they went in that direction, honestly. Um, and I think that they didn't mean for it to be that way, but that doesn't make it any better, <laughs> because unfortunately that's how it's read, and that's it's a little it's a little iffy, honestly. What do you think, Brooks? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think they kind of hit hit the nail on the head as far as uh, as far as you know any points I could really add to it. Uh, one thing I, I will add is I, I will I'm kind of glad that uh, Rebecca and you know the other writers, whenever these controversies have popped up, haven't tried to do what a lot of other shows uh, try to do, which is try to you know down talk it like it's like you know like the, like people are taking it the wrong way and it's their fault or trying to, you know, place the blame anywhere. Like, they've, they've, you know, they've issued apologies. They've taken responsibility. And for me, I think that that's kind of, that's kind of dope to see. Okay. I do think the show has gotten better, too. Um, I feel like I'm not in a position to really answer that, but I was at Comic-Con 
And um, there was a sold out and, you know, crowded um, Steven Universe panel. And just from the outside looking in, I feel like, I think the feedback from the fans, um, I think Rebecca Sugar could have done a lot worse. And what I mean by that, like like you said, like a lot of writers, when, like, controversy strikes, they double down a little bit and, like, you know, they kind of, like, are flippant about it and they act like they don't really care or it's like, you know, whatever I create, you either like it or you don't. And it seemed, at least from what I saw, that she was, you know, pretty open to criticism, especially from other writers and journalists of color, from what I saw. Like, she let them talk. You know, she didn't, like, cut them off. She didn't try to, like, overtalk them or anything like that. She seemed like she was really listening. That's from what I observed. observed. Is this about the scrapped character that was in uh, showing some artwork? I'm sorry, I'm late. (laughs) First of all, I apologize. Um, This is Darren, Darren Johnson. I'm very sorry about uh, being late. Something did come up last second, but I still wanted to see if I could be in here and and participate. So I'm kind of jumping in mid-conversation. was this about the character that was shown in like some concept art that was never used, but uh, that people had uh, called uh, her and other uh, show showrunners out on? Yes. Ah, I see. Yes. Uh, so basically, I came in in the middle where people were explaining that um, they liked how she handled that, and I am in agreement <clears throat> that. Um, as far as showrunners uh, or, or, you know, the writers on movies and, and you know, handling controversy, there's uh, the way that Rebecca Schicker re- uh, handled it was a lot more respectful and mature. I like the maturity of it, that, you know, she owned up to it, um, that uh, she took responsibility, and uh, you really don't see a lot of that as far as, you know, any controversy surrounding any show these days. So I was happy to see that as well, especially as a supporter of the show. uh, I'm happy that, you know, I'm supporting a show where the showrunners do care enough to um, actually try uh, to make amends when, uh, when stuff goes awry. Cool, 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 cool. Now, you know, we are living in some very intral, it's not interesting, but people are more vocal. Um, They're more vocal about their ignorance. And I think um, when it comes to identities, whether it's gender or sexuality, I think Steven Universe is a very good example on how to introduce being mindful and um, um, open to people who might not identify as what they're used to or, you know, even themselves. 
So mm-hmm. I want to know from you all, how do you describe Steven Universe to someone who's never watched it? I have, like, this joke that I got from a meme, and it's like, yeah, so Steven Universe is just about a bunch of lesbian space rocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do that too. It's, like, it's gay space rocks. <laughs> yeah, and no, I mean, it, it's kind of true. <laughs> it, but I, I describe it as, like, this, this cartoon, this, this children's show that is very expressive of gender identity, uh, queer culture, um, and yes, it does have to do with these femme-presenting characters who are trying to keep the earth safe, as well as this boy who is essentially the reincarnation of their leader. Um, and that's that's what I always try to get across to people because you know if you just say lesbian space rocks they're gonna be like that sounds really silly. Um, <laughs> it has so many like important topics that are discussed in it, and I especially like I I try to make sure all my like queer friends watch it too because I'm like oh my gosh you've never seen a queer kids show like this you've got to watch this. Um, I'm, I don't know how far everyone is in the show, but like the episode where uh, Ruby and Sapphire get married, um, that to me was one of the most monumental moments in all of like children's show history, honestly, because that's not something that has ever been shown in a child's show. And I always talk about that when I'm introducing the show to people. I'm like, yeah, there are these two characters who are female presenting and they get married. And I think that's like, to me, to me, that's what sticks out the most about the show and what's so important is that it does talk about that. And also the the, the whole um, thing about uh, Stevani being both intersex and non-binary. So I bring that up a lot in topic as well. I loved how in the – first of all, being late to this conversation, um, I'm hoping that, like, you know, there was, like, a spoiler war- or warning. Or, we're okay with spoilers here, right? Just checking. Uh, yeah. Yes, I'll just put spoiler free. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I loved how in the – this is a more than one minor spoilers anyway, but if we're talking about the, the Ruby Sapphire wedding episode, I loved how when you have Ruby and Sapphire – um, you have Ruby, who is more masculine presenting, and Sapphire, who is more feminine presenting. But then when you had the wedding, it was the more typically more masculine presenting Ruby, who was wearing the dress, and the, uh, the more feminine typically presenting Sapphire, who was wearing the suit. I thought that was a nice touch to put that in there and just once again just turn the, the gender expectations of the characters on its head. I love how the show does that. It's refreshing. There's, I, I, honestly, I can't think of any show that's done this in history. Um, and, uh, well, previously, I, I'm aware, I've never seen any of it, but I hear that um, actually the new she cartoon I, I've heard is actually very queer as well. I haven't so seen any gay, of that yet. I love it. <laughs> huh? It's beautifully gay, and I love it. Wait, I, I haven't seen any. <laughs> the new she Oh, oh, God, yes, it's so clear. I love so, She-Ra. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to talk about she I am. I'll head over, over here with she I love it. Well, 
I'm going to have to check that out then for sure. But <laughs> for now, the queerest show I've seen is Steven Universe. And yeah. um, I have nieces who are queer and friends who are queer. And it's, it's, it's refreshing. And it, it, it's, it's, I just love how boldly queer. Like, it's, it's, it's not even subtle anymore. Mm-hmm. You could have said, you might have made, been able to make the argument at first that maybe it was subtle, but at some point the writers are like, screw it. We're going full queer here. And they went all in and I love them for it. Um, it's beautiful to see in, in ways that, you know, other shows are like kind of just creeping on it, like Avatar, um, the, uh, the Legend of Korra in particular, um, what you know had some queer elements in it, but it kind of just kind of touched on it, and it was more subtle and like it was like afraid to go how, how full on in. It was that subtle in that show, honestly. <laughs> I mean, did you <laughs> say it again? Last episode, that was pretty uh, pretty pretty straightforward in the queer world. <laughs> the last episode, yes, but that's the thing. <laughs> Legend of Korra had four books and waited the very last minute of the last episode to go all in, whereas Steven Universe has for seasons now gone all the way in repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And I love it for argument for Cora not even being queer, just like, those two walking up and stuff that holding hands isn't like, this is gay. It's like, no, they're very close friends and they have been for a while. This is what a lot of friendships look like. And then they kept like, okay, they're gay. We did it. But also... (laughs) That was not explicit. As a queer person, yeah. that is not explicit. Steven Universe is like, Ruby and Sci-Fi are pretty clearly gay from the start. They didn't even kiss mm-hmm. yet. Like, no, they're gay. And then that lassie mm-hmm. tappy shit, and it's like, they're gay. You cannot possibly argue that's friendship. They're gay. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. They don't leave any room for the thing. I love like, that. They're something nasty. <laughs> they're gay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, and I love that. There's no room for debate there. They make it blatantly clear. We're not going to, you know, you're not going to have anyone on the internet. More clear, repeatedly. <laughs> that they keep, like, raising the bar? It's like, it was just a lot of people on Tumblr. just like, maybe they're just friends. And it's like, no. And then they come back with unfusing. And then they clearly start kissing. It's like, they gay. You, are you an argument <laughs> yeah, friendship now? Exactly. And there's probably still someone else like, they're just friends. And then they get married. And it's like, there you go. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. <laughs> realize the show was queer from the start like I, I caught on to it immediately with Pearl because yeah Pearl was yeah. obvious obsession with Rose and I was like no 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 that's not like a straight person obsession for another human being like that mm-hmm. is clearly like she is in love with her and everyone was like no no she's not and I'm like no 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 like it's pretty obvious that she's in love with her and I was very happy that they eventually did talk about that too because you're right at first it did kind of like just creep into the queer territory and then they were like no we're gonna we're gonna just show you that this is the queerest cartoon you've ever seen especially in the wake of avenger time not being able to do that it's really nice to see steven universe actually go all the way yeah that's the other thing is rebecca sugar coming off of uh adventure time and apparently, from what I've read, because I wasn't really big into Adventure Time, I tried, I, I, I didn't really get into it, but from what I've read was that uh, Rebecca Sugar was one of the biggest pushers of the queer elements that that show had. Well, at least that's what I read. I, you know, she's yeah. a queer, non-binary person, so I mean, it, 
you know, it would it would only make sense that she would want to, you know, see herself like exemplified in a character. So I'm I'm glad that she was able to like bring that that element from Adventure Time and like actually do what she wanted to do because you could tell that she really wanted to like make everyone queer in Adventure Time, but I guess <laughs> they wouldn't give her the green light. So. Mm. All right, let me ask you all: What is your favorite Steven Universe episode? One of my favorite um, Steven Universe episodes is when Steven was working at the donut shop. <laughs> and, and I thought it was just so cute. And like, oh, yeah, 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 like yeah. He got, and then, like, the kid came in, and he was like, I think he was like a social media star, and he wanted to make, like, these shirts and stuff like that. And then his dad had a shirt, and then it was, it was like a mock-up shirt or something like that. I thought that was a really cute episode. I've I watched this often enough, but I'm uh, I hate that I cannot I can, I should be able to name that episode, and I know which episode you're talking about, but that name is escaping me at the very moment. Not that it's important, but <laughs> love that episode. What about someone else go first? I don't want to. My favorite episode is I think the name of the episode is the same as the song. Here comes a thought. Oh my gosh, I cried so much when I saw that episode. I like. Like, at the time, like, I watched it at a point in my life where, like, I was going through those same thoughts and, like, hearing Garnet sing that and then seeing, like, oh, yeah. like yeah. the meditation part of it. Uh, here comes the thought. Oh, shit, that. It's yeah. edu- education. Yeah. Well, it's, it's something education, the name of the episode. Yeah, something education. I can't remember the name of it, but, yeah, the, the song Here Comes the Thought, that scene was just, like, so moving. Mindful education. That's what it is. Mindful. There we go. Yeah. Yes. And then they like they take this moment where like they breathe and like it's so silent in the background and all you hear is like the breathing and like it's just so calming and so beautiful. I like instantly at that moment I was like this this show I am absolutely in love. This is beautiful and powerful and moving and I just I love it so much and I love Estelle. I think they chose the person oh, yeah. person to be Garnet, uh-huh. and that that song just like exemplify who she is. I was like, this is this is great. <laughs> so that that's my favorite episode. <laughs> I have like four favorite episodes. <laughs> it's really hard okay, well, let me let me let me know what are your favorite episodes. Okay, so I really love Jailbreak. Yeah, Jailbreak is like the best thing that happened at that point in time. It's like, yes, this is all I want in life. I want to fight Garnet, but not actually because she killed me. But just <laughs> Garnet is, she means a lot to me as a character. She means so much. And so that was definitely way up there. Um, I really like, oddly enough, the Uncle Grandpa crossover episode. Oh, God, really? Oh, my God. So fun. It's, it's so good. Weird. I agree. Uh. <laughs> And I just really appreciate, like, I don't even like Uncle Grandpa. I'm like, I appreciate the fact you managed to, like, pull some solid elements from this to make it a really fun crossover episode. Also, actively addressing the fact that Lars and Sadie are not good for each other at long freaking last with that sinking ship in the background. That's like, this is what I wanted because everyone's like, shit. And it's like, no, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> They're not good for each other. But, um... And then as far as, there's some more recent ones that I really enjoyed. I really like the one where Sadie ends up joining the band and quitting her yeah. job. Last. 
because I really, really like Sadie, and it's like, I, I need you to grow as a human, please, because you're so wonderful, and you deserve so much more than this really shitty job. And she's finally branching out and doing really cool shit, so, like, everything that's come with her doing that, which isn't that much so far, but it's there, it's something. In the musical episode, where they went to Empire City. Mr. Greg. Yeah, good yeah. job. <laughs> so, ugh. Just so much character development in 11 minutes of TV. <laughs> <laughs> so much information in 11 minutes of television, and most of it involves singing. It's like all I ever want. But yeah, it fucked me up, and then yep. just Pearl. <laughs> Pearl. Yeah, that's that's one of mine. Uh, the We Need to Talk episodes, absolutely one of my favorites. That one, um, that one too. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that that's absolutely one of my favorites. Um, Legs from Here to Homeware was the finale, right? I think. Cause that, was that the finale? I don't remember. If that uh, was the, the I didn't finish it yet. No, yeah. that wasn't. That wasn't. That was I the reveal, right? Home. Was that the reveal, the White Diamond reveal episode? I don't remember, but whatever the finale was, like, yeah, yeah, whatever like, the finale was, is that like I'm not, I'm not, I won't spoil it because I know Erica's not, not, not caught up, but like, it is, I'm starting all over, I'm bad, but I'm starting all over. Yeah, like the fusion and the fight scene in that, yes, yes, they're like, oh snap, I was ready for that, okay. yes, I got shit I need to see. <laughs> like, um, oh, oh, like, uh, I think it's largest, largest head. Because for me, Lars is a deeply unlikable character, and then his whole redemption arc and, and how it came full circle, like that, that, yeah, I think I watched the episode like a good ten times. Yeah, Lars grew so much in just one arc, mm-hmm. right? So fucking much. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the better examples of character redemption that I've seen in in, uh, in cartoons. Um. Yeah, I totally agreed on that. Yeah, I mean, but that, it just goes to show, I mean, it's, just, it's really a testament to just how smart and how great the writing is for the show. You can take a character that, you know, a lot of people, like, didn't really care for, was kind of secondary, for being honest, and you can turn him, you can give him an arc that, that redeems him and, and, and is also really important to the story at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, he became a, a very throwaway character, and he, then he became essential. Right. As in, the story would not have moved forward without his changes. Good points. Um, yeah. I think what's really interesting is the fact that a lot of these characters improve when they actually have a real purpose. And I really appreciate just what that adds to people when they like actually want to sit down and think about it. It's like, this is what people can do when you actually make them feel like they have a reason to be here. Mm-hmm. Like Lars is like parents who are trying really hard, a really shitty job and some emotions that he doesn't quite know what to do with because he has his own demons. Like it's not a lot to work with being like absolutely vital and actually realizing you have to step up. Yeah. is what really caused that growth. Like yes, literally dying changed him drastically. <laughs> he was reborn. I mean, he was a total dick. Actually, friends. So, like, oh yeah, terrible to Sadie. And then once he died, he like became this this like symbol of like redemption. But he was definitely not nice to Sadie, and I hated him oh. so much at first. Yeah. 
Bob was the worst part of it. It's a testament to like writing death with a purpose and not just killing a character because you don't really have anything else to do with them. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Real real quick, before we change subject, um, real quick, I wanted to mention my favorite episode uh, was... um, I, I always get the name kind of wrong, but it's log date and it's like six sets of numbers. It's log date like oh six one one seven three or something like that, um, which which is the episode that basically went in depth about the relationship specifically between my two favorite characters, Garnet and Peridot. Um, when Peridot was going through her redemption arc, um, this episode like went specifically into detail about how those two with their very different personalities can have any sort of connection. And it was so well done. And um, the other aspect of of Steven Universe that's awesome besides its um, queerness, of course, is its emotional maturity and its teaching Mm -hmm. of emotional maturity. And I feel like that was one of the central points of that episode as well is Garnet's, um, is 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 um so basically paradox uh, I'm not sure if other, if other if if anyone else here is aware of this, but Peridot is um, I, I've read in a few places that Peridot is kind of an example of uh, someone on the autism spectrum, and uh, if you if you look at her and like how she handles things and the way she reacts to things, you know I, I could see that, um, and uh, so you have. Um, her representing the autism spectrum and you have Garnet representing, you know, the emotional maturity that she has and seeing how she, how the two, you know, get, end up becoming close and end up becoming friends because the whole point is that, you know, um, Peridot gets um, Amethyst, uh, Peridot gets uh, Steven and she gets Pearl, but she doesn't get Garnet. And, and the fact that Garnet is fused and how relationships work and why would you even do that if it doesn't have a function? And so seeing how that all works, plus the fact that it's one of the funniest episodes, it's just LOL moments like every minute of that episode. I don't know how I packed so much in there. It's, it's, it's great. So, yeah, my favorite episode right there. Oh, another episode I just remembered. <laughs> Um, the Let one you all. I'm sorry. Away. The one where Lapis ran away, like a long last, probably waiting for it to happen, but it was deeply upsetting. And I don't know why exactly I like being messed up like that, but Lapis is fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. And depressing. Thoroughly depressing. It's like a Lapis frustrating is character to me. I don't know why. I just feel like I, like we don't get much from her. You know, like we don't we don't really know who she is as a character, and like it's it's intriguing, but also kind of frustrating because I feel like like I I understand her history and her background, and it sucks. Um, she she definitely went through a lot as a as a as a, as a being, but I also feel like there's so much more we can get from her. They they don't put her in enough episodes. I feel, and mm. we don't yeah. we don't have enough of her like. We know her story, but we don't have what she's feeling. I feel like we don't have, like, her, like, who she really is outside of her trauma. Because her trauma is not who she is. And I feel like mm. I, I just I want to know more about her. 
he is pretty much, um, I think that's a fair characterization that she's pretty much about her trauma. Her trauma is what made her appeal to me as, you know, basically she's a victim of abuse. And I feel like, you know, us not quite fully feeling and getting her uh, was by design that um, victims of abuse can be that way. Um, that is, it's it, in a way it is a coping mechanism because, you know, you don't trust as much because you've been hurt so deeply. But I also understand the idea that she has not been shown enough. So we haven't seen enough of her development. We haven't seen enough of, you know, her dealing with her trials and tribulations. I would personally like to see more of her uh, myself. I can agree with that. It is really creepy the fact that she's not like, you can just casually save her. Because they were doing a lot of like redemption arc type things with characters, which is great, but also... Lapis doesn't necessarily need redemption per se, but just the fact you can't just magically fix everything and make it better. Mm-hmm. Steven's mm-hmm. best attempt with that did not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's too scared and too scarred. And it's like, I really appreciate showing that because I feel like there's just a lot of idealism around like saving people from their past traumas. And it's like, that was a thousand years for us trapped in a mirror. How are you supposed to fix that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what happened then. That's not including the fusion that was boiling under the ocean forever. Mm-hmm. Literally ever, basically, because yeah. Malachite's a fucking mess. And then having to be terrified that Homeworld's going to come and kill them all. Like, there's only so much that someone can, like, bounce back from, and I just really appreciate the fact they're not showing her casually bouncing back and being fine. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. All right, I have to ask you all, do you think the TV series can translate well into a movie? Do you mean, like, to to turn it straight from television to film, like an adaptation of it, or to create what they're doing now, like a continuation movie? Well, I'm not really um, well-versed, but I've seen the rumors that there's going to be a Steven Universe movie, so I don't know if it's going to be a separate story or a continuation of what everyone's been watching on TV already. Oh, it, actually it's do, a continuation. We actually, yeah, we, we do that. Yeah, we do know that now. It's a continuation. Uh, yeah. at, at San Diego Comic-Con, Rebecca basically let us slip that the movie uh, takes place two years after the events of the finale, and Steven has been gone for that two-year period. Um, uh, basically, I, th- I think it's he's uh, like dismantling the the bases that the, that uh, the diamonds had uh, conquered all over. So he's been he's been going around dismantling bases and whatnot. And so when the movie begins, so why he's two years, why he's you know noticeably uh, he's noticeably aged because it's been two years since he's been back on Earth and and been around with with, with everybody. He has a neck. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so is it going to be like a I, I long movie? I you meant like turning it into a live like a... action film. That's what I thought you were asking. I was like, oh no, yeah. I cannot do that. Oh no, I'm sorry. I think it can translate just because we've seen over the last couple of years, they've, they've experimented a couple of times with having longer episodes with having, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this episode will be 30 minutes. Oh, this one will be an hour. You know, and, and I think you know it's it's worked, and it's worked with with the format that they that they've given it. 
um, with doing it something longer. And I mean, it's, it's not like this is going to be like a, like a, like a, like a regular thing. Like, you know, instead of doing shows now, they're just going to keep, you know, releasing movies every year, or every couple of years or something. So I think it'll, I think it'll work. You know, I, I kind of, I trust that they'll, that they'll, you know, that they knew what they were doing and, you know, opting to, to do this movie instead of immediately jumping into, you know, whatever the events of season six and beyond are going to be. Um, but I think it'll, it'll work. I mean, the, the 30 minute and the hour specials, I mean, fans have responded well, uh, well to them, especially because we're so used to getting teased because those, you know, nine to 11 minutes go by really quickly, even though there's a lot of information in them. So, um, unfortunately I have to actually step out. So I just wanted to say thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, I love the show and I love discussing the topic of everything about the show with everyone. So thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much, Mel. Yeah, no problem. Thank you all. I'm I'm sorry. Good hearing everyone's like point of views as well. I wanted to say hi to everybody. Um, what, what's your name again? I, since I came in late. Yes, that's fine. I'm Mel. They them pronouns. Um, hi, Mel. How are you? Pleasure, it's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Thank you so much, everyone. You have a great night. All right. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Hi, I'm on the line, but I don't know what to say. <laughs> this is Leia. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Hey, boo! <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I mean, I like I said, I'm a you know casual watcher. I've been trying to watch more with my daughter. Like as soon as like it she hears the theme great. song, I'm, yes, <laughs> she hears the theme song. To and she just starts screaming. Oh my gosh! No, you have to this, this. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You see, you raising them right. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so she, she hears a theme song, and she's like, ah! Oh and I think it's, like, a mix of the colors, the colors and the songs, and she, like, really, she's really into it. That and Sailor Moon, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really so, yours. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to talk about that, too, like all of the magical girl elements in Steven, Steven Universe, because those have also been super obvious since the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can talk about it right now. We, I mean, we're almost done. We can talk about it right now. What's that? I think that's a, you said the super girl elements in yeah, the magical Universe. Super girl? No, I magical, mean, magical girl. girl. Like, like magical girl anime? Like Sailor Moon? Like all those kind of elements? Oh, oh, oh. Monica. Because <laughs> I don't know. Am, are we allowed to cuss on this line? <laughs> of course. Okay, because like. Oh well, shit. Okay, okay. I was trying to hold my lips. <laughs> Badass motherfuckers. <laughs> no. Show's fucking great. What I've seen from it, it really does have like a lot of badass girls, but it also has a lot of badass LGBT, they, they, them type people too. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I really like the diversity in it. I love it. And it doesn't feel forced. And that's what's, mm-hmm. that's what's special about it. <laughs> so, that's nice. Yeah, speaking on the diversity, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. 
So speaking on the diversity, I feel one of the things that um, the show does not get enough credit for, and this is something else that I don't think I've seen in any other cartoon, I, 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 I'm looking and I can't find it, is the diversity behind the scenes, Thank the you. voice actors. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. almost all, as, as far as the, especially the main cast, almost mm-hmm. all people of color. Uh, oh, wow. uh, you know, we Asian, black, um, well, Asian and black mostly. Um, <laughs> and, oh. uh, but, but what other show can you really say that about as, as far exactly. as cartoons and the voice actors? How, what other cartoons can you say that about where like all the voice actors are either black or Asian? I love that. Yeah. Also, can Go we ahead. talk about the all-star casting when they have like random people? Cause like Patty LuPone is yellow diamond. It's like, yes, please. Yes, I'm here for this. Uh, I am mm-hmm. all over this. Who's Aduba as uh, um, uh, b- b- uh, Bismuth? Yeah, and um, oh, yeah. Sinbad. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sinbad is Mr. Yeah. Smiley early on. Yeah, yeah except Sinbad they got rid of him eventually. Sinbad was hilarious. That's, that's great. Wow. <laughs> I love Sinbad. I'm all right. I actually got to see him really in real too. life before. He just seems so down to earth and stuff. He, he's really cool. His daughter is gorgeous, too. Like, all around seems like a great family. <laughs> didn't even know he had a daughter. <laughs> oh, you I didn't either. I was like, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. She was in some, like, little band at one point. So that's how I know because I love music. <laughs> What are y'all dream fusions? Like, what is a fusion you haven't seen that you wish you could see? Or what oh, yeah. would happen? I want to see what happens with, like, a fusion fusing with someone versus, like, the two, the elements of that fusion fusing with the same person, see if something different happens. So, like, if Ruby and Sapphire were separate and they fuse with Pearl versus Garnet fusing with Pearl. Mm. Oh, oh concept. And like something just to think about with like the LV, the queer stuff is just the way that Steven's successful fusion happens to be with Connie. Also with the magical yeah. elements for that matter, because he's a boy, but also like his one successful fusion is with Connie. Sure. Which is a lot. Mm. Just, like, yeah, the one person he can really do like the most and actually like fuse with successfully is a girl. In a way that, you know, the cartoon that usually says, like, you're not supposed to relate to these people. It's like, mm-hmm. clearly, he's yeah. really fucking well in his willingness to just play with gender and say, I don't fucking care. Like, when Sadie didn't want to go on stage. He yeah. has, like, and he went instead yeah. like, yep, fine. in her this outfit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is just so wonderful to just see a character just so comfortable. Like, I don't really care. I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want to. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I'm curious about that, and then just I want to see Steven. He's with literally anyone who isn't Connie. <laughs> and you want Paradox Fuse, or okay. Paradox can Fuse for that matter, just based on Paradox lack of abilities that the other gems have. Mm-hmm. Because when they I'm, very much made a point of fact, she could not shape shift, and I was like, why? Literally, why? Yeah, I've been wanting to see. Um, yeah, and, and I've seen a lot of this online. Uh, a lapis uh, paradox fusion. I wanted to see that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, you know the thing with that though, I, I I think given especially given the conversation we just had about lapis and her whole arc, like I feel like that's probably something we'll get like much much later. It's kind of like a 
kind of like like a like a seminal moment where she's able to overcome like the the trauma and all that that's that's haunted her so far. Yeah, so I would love to see it too. The record. <laughs> Looking forward to that if we reach it. Yeah, I, I mean, from the from the sounds of it, we're in, there, I mean, there's much more Steven Universe uh, on the horizon. So, fingers crossed. We are we are we, we do also know we're getting a, a new fusion in the movie, and so I'm hoping you know perhaps one of these will will be one of them. Um, honestly, Steven and I mean, Steven and Paradise was like my first choice just because you know I haven't seen her fuse with literally anybody. And I, I would just be really, really curious to see it. Um, Steven and perhaps one of the diamonds. Oh. Because I'd be, I'd be really fascinated to see what that's like. And it, to, see, to see what that's like. Because, um, I mean, they can do it, obviously. Diamonds are more powerful than, than the gems are. So, I mean, they're clearly possible. And there's, there's like, a lot of really, like, awesome fan art online on of like what a what a green what a green diamond would look like, or you know with any of them. So like I, I would love to see Steven, especially considering that he he's like much smaller than them. So I, I would I would be really curious to see like what that fusion would um would look like. Side note on the diamond front, I really hope that at some point because I love giant uh giant robot anime that we that they like fuse their <laughs> ships together. And give us the giant robot battle that like, yes. like so obvious, like arm ships, legs, a torso, and hey, like come on guys, that hand was so obviously you know, Star Trek influenced, and I'm so so angry but so happy about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. Why did you do this I'm to me? Don't wait, my Star Trek so early. I'm sorry, guys. It was nice talking to y'all though. Thank you for stopping oh, by. Thank Great to talk I'll to you probably, as well. Uh, I'll probably, if y'all come on the next one, I'll probably be here. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Have a good day. <laughs> All right, here, so here's my mm-hmm. last question for y'all. Okay, I have one last fusion, and it's ridiculous, and then... Oh, okay, go ahead, sorry. Ridiculous. Okay, my last fusion, and it's really ridiculous, and I admit that it's really ridiculous. Probably will never happen, but I'll be really happy if it does, because we know it's possible, because Steven fused with Connie. And I would love to see, or I'd be really curious to see Stephen and his dad fuse. Yes, that'd be so cool. Stephen Greg fusion. Like, There'd be a lot of really bad jokes in there. Greg, <laughs> the comedy would be so bad and so good. Right. So I feel like it'd be, like it'd be wonderful. And like, there's that still shot from the trailer of, like, him and his dad playing guitar back-to-back at some point. I'm like, yo, like, that's the perfect setup. Like, they're just shredding oh. together, and all of a sudden, like, it just it just happens. Like, give it And it would be a cool, it would be, like, a cool callback kind of to what happened with Rainbow Corpse. Mm, when Steve, yeah. when, uh, when Greg saw um, Pearl and, and um, uh, why, why am I forgetting her name? Steven's mom. Rose. Rose, yes, thank you. When he when he saw them fuse during a musical performance, that would be a great callback to that. Oh yeah, that was like a petty fusion. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking petty. Joke potential's there. Oh yeah. All right, so here's my last question: 
is there an identity you feel isn't being represented on Steven Universe or could have or could use some more representation on the Ooh, show? That's a good one. Hmm. It's not my place to say this, but I don't think they show anyone who's very specifically disabled. Or chronically okay. ill. Like the closest we get to that is Peridot not being able to shape shift, and you can read autism onto her with relative ease. And people were doing that with Pearl at first too, which I have very, very strong feelings about because I don't think it's okay. But anyway, mm. why don't you think it's okay? I just want to get um, your opinion. My thing with it is just like the way that a lot of times autism now is used as like a placeholder for you think someone's weird. They're not causing harm. They are perfectly able to function. They socialize fine. You just think they're weird because they're different from you. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of that with Pearl. And there's like some of it's actually traumatized, especially when we didn't quite have a full grasp of what our trauma was. It was just there. Because we didn't know anything about Rose other than she missed her. And had no understanding of how mm. incredibly recent that is, especially for a gem's lifetime. Because this is like very early on in the series. Like, yeah, we don't know this. Now it'd be like, oh, shit, of course she's really, really fucked up about this. Because this, like, 14 years out of Stephen's lifetime is nothing to a gem who's been alive for thousands of years. It might as well have happened yesterday for her. Mm. So, like, but, like, then at first it's like, okay, we just have the traumatized character. So, it's like, some of it's like, okay, she's different from the others. Why can't she just be different? She's functioning fine in this thing. She understands the concept of relationships. She just, I don't know. It seemed weird to me. It's like, why can't Pearl be quirky? Why can't she be the more serious one? Why does she need to be fun-loving and, like, actively encouraging Steven's weirdness? Someone has to be the mom, like, actual legitimate mom in this. And I don't Do you feel like she's moved away from that? Evidence here. What? Do you feel like she's moved away from that? Some of this is the fact that we have more information presented about her so we can have a better grasp of why she is the way she is. Uh-huh. And then maybe a bit when they, like, went to that concert and she met that girl, the biker chick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So she, like, did something that was very much out of character for her, also, like, literally running from the cops. Like, just doing things that are really out of character for her. Mm-hmm. I'll look away from that, but I just think it's really strange to see, like, people want to be Bob's on the Pearl, but then they get Peridot and they do the same thing. It's like, Peridot can understand. Mm-hmm. You could say there's something symbolic about the fact she can't shape shift like the other gems. Mm, yeah. There's something inherently symbolic about that fact. You can also say something about the fact she doesn't approve of Garnet being fused and doesn't get mm. it. It's not just like a cultural thing. It's literally just like this doesn't have a function. Logically yeah, speaking, yeah. it doesn't make mm. sense for you to be like this. It's like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Pearl does not yeah. present any of those things and you're just like, Pearl's weird. She's autistic. It's like, can we not? Just because that's happened to me. I told I told like, I'm weird, so I'm automatically autistic. I'm like, can we not do that? Very well explained. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I, I totally feel you now. I, I didn't uh, get yeah. what you were saying at first, but no, you, you totally explained that very well, and I, I get what you're saying. And I can definitely see where you could have issue with people claiming that um, that, that Pearl was uh, autistic basically just because she was quote-unquote quirky. I, I feel you on that. 
Also, if Pearl weren't the way she was at first, Stephen would not have anything resembling a real mom as that original three gems context. Oh, yeah. Stephen oh, yeah. was not mature enough to casually fend for himself. And it's like, Pearl's the only one who's like actively making sure he has something resembling a normal life and keeping him safe. Mm-hmm. She's a bit overprotective. Otherwise, it's like, Garnet's like emotionally unavailable for a really long time. Mm-hmm. She's super secretive about everything the gems do, about everything ever, really, with herself. Amethyst is a mess and a friend, but not a mom. Oh, yeah. Amethyst is literally the bad idea there is in Avenue Q, <laughs> who are there <laughs> telling people to do really stupid shit because they can. It's almost as if they were different fun, types of... Uh, it's almost as if they were each different types of, like, stereotypical parenting styles. Yeah, almost. I see that. The pearl, the 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 um, what would you call it? Helicopter parent. Yeah. And amethyst, the carefree. I'd rather be, you know, my my child's friend, friend than mom. yeah, yeah, friend mom. And then garnet, the protective, but yet not emotionally open. At least not initially. That definitely changed the show. But you know, the protective, but yet. Not emotionally open parent. Eh, I thought that came up right when you were saying that. Like, that thought literally just occurred to me uh, just now. One of the other cool things about Steven Universe is how, you know, these ideas just kind of pop up. It's such a fascinating show. (laughs) It is. And, you know, hearing you all talk about it, I'm like, damn, I need to really catch up because I feel like I'm missing everything. (laughs) Like, I'm just out the loop, but I promise I will. And Shirley's gonna make me, so I promise. Go you Shirley. Shirley. <laughs> oh, I heard Shirley talking about your daughter, <laughs> Shirley. Well, yeah. even more. Go Shirley. Go Shirley. <laughs> By the way, love that name. I don't think I ever got a chance to actually mention that online, but damn, I love that. I, I love that you chose Shirley. I love that so much. That speaks oh, right to my blurred heart. You. <laughs> thank you well you know what the next time we have this conversation um, hopefully I'll be further into the show so I can relate to some things and have some more personal feedback but I want to say thank you all for this round table discussion of Steven Universe I know we have plenty of listeners that listen to Steven Universe and you know they don't want to talk about Steven Universe with, you know, uh, non-black and brown people, I'm sure. They want to talk about, you know, Steven Universe amongst us, ourselves. So I thank you all for the discussion. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, you know, tell everybody, if you want to, where to find you online, drop your podcast, website, you know, Tell people what your hobbies are so they can find you, whatever you want to do. Wink, wink, oh, Brooks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, you can find me on almost every social media site in existence under the name MC Brooks or MC underscore Brooks on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, I'm Syria Romkill. I post memes and photos and memes and such. Um, I'm a musician. Uh, you, can down, you can find all my music on 
any streaming service of your choice. Also, mcbrooks.bandcamp.com. If you want to give me money for my music, content, please do. Poor. Um, <laughs> and I'm also a content creator for the Great Geek Refuge. Um, I have my own podcast called The Overflow. Talk about all sorts of nerdy subjects. You know, I bring guests on. Sometimes I rant. Um, side note, all of you on here right now are definitely invited to, you know, be part of my podcast at any point. If there's anything you want to talk about or anything like that, so, you know, let me know. Um, but, yeah, Squire okay. the Overflow, uh, the podcast The Overflow is available also everywhere. Uh, my podcast and blogs are all available on greatgeekrefuge.com. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I appreciate you all. And... I can't wait to talk to y'all next time. Looking forward to next time. I want to do this again for sure. Yeah, All right, fun. Have a good night, y'all. Talk to y'all later. Thanks again. All right, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all.